I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. And we're the hosts of the Madam's Podcast, where it's all about movies, minus the mansplaining. Every week, we discuss a film that fits into a quirky theme for the month. And there's plenty of bonus content on our Patreon feed, too. So if you're looking for commentary that'll make you laugh and think you found your new favorite show. New episodes of The Madams drop on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Madams Pod, or on our website, themadamspod.com. Hi guys, on this show, we're looking at Fairbrass, Robinson, Goodall, Lynn, Turner, Rooker, Lithgow, and Stallone. We're looking at 1983's Cliffhanger. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of 100 Things We've Learned From Film. I'm one of your hosts, my name's Planty, and I'm Mary Poppins Hair, y'all! And I'm John and I'm on Tenderhooks. I'll tie into the film, don't worry. (laughs) John Boy, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well indeed. Slytember is rolling on. Oh, yes. Rolling yeah. on. And we started really fucking well, didn't we? We came it strong and <laughs> we're going it swinging. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, it's it's been downhill ever since <laughs> first month. I know. And we've just seen the results of the. <laughs> The patrons vote as well. So it's going to be... Anyway, we'll save that till the end. Listen in at the end if you want to know how we get on. But this week, we are talking about... Oh, what? 1983's Cliffhanger. So that's why I was on Tenderhooks. Oh, I see. Very good. I did did see what you've done today. Yeah, very good. Um, I I remember this semi-fondly, John. At least I did until this week. Well, what I remember about it is apparently it had one of the most expensive stunts ever done. All right, really? okay. Do you, um, do you want to do you want to save it for the podcast? Oh yeah, let's save that for. The, <laughs> no, no, this isn't. This isn't. This isn't actually one of my facts. It's just something about the film when it came out. Mm. So, but I'll, well, well, I'll let it slip <laughs> later on. I'll let it slip. I'm sure you fucking will. Uh, <laughs> um, 93, what else could we have been talking about? Well, if our lovely listeners and patrons would listen to our Jurassic Park episode, they will find out. Oh, on the subject of patrons, that was uh, Paul and Sophie from SP Film Viewers, oh, who indeed, are yeah. patrons. Back in the day, back in yeah. the day. Paying, uh, paying a quid a month will get you access to uh, loads. We, we've already started throwing together loads of episodes. We've got interviews uh, with filmmakers we have got uh talking about tv and cartoons from other podcasters and other patrons if you are interested in getting involved in that drop us a dm somewhere on the socials and i will uh, and i will get you involved in that over the next couple of months right we're the podcast of course that takes a quid off you but if you don't want to do that if you're tight as fuck then that's fine don't don't give us a quid a month fine see if i care um and we'll do all this for free try and give you 100 things every week with the film that we are covering ah shall we get started let's crack on big man let's get oh, it done. 
Okay, so we start off with the studio logos, as I always love, John. Couple of that. couple of belters here. TriStar Pictures. Yep. Which we haven't had in a long, long time. Uh, TriStar's first film, May eleventh, nineteen eighty four, The Natural. Robert Redford Ooh. baseball flick. Remember oh, really? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, me neither. No, I'm aware of it. It's one of those tiles I'm aware of. But no, I, not not on my fucking radar, that one, mate. Not on my watch. <laughs> Blessed. <laughs> TriStar also did Supergirl. Of course they did. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, Cook was in it, so it wasn't the old man. Runaway, John. Have you seen that? Tom Selleck fighting robot so- spiders as no. controlled by Gene Simmons. No. So, I, I can't believe you haven't seen that. Come on, Joe. Please, can we do it on last orders? <laughs> I, I am still, I am so sick of asking you if we can do that on last orders, Joe. Please. It's got to be great. Yeah, uh, they also did Short Circuit 2, but not the first Short Circuit. Um, see no evil, hear no evil. Oh, uh, Richard Pryor and uh, lovely Gene Wilder. Yeah, and their final film before they were eaten by Sony in 1989. Look who's talking. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one that we see is uh, Carol Co. Did you spot the Carol yeah, Co. logo? Always makes me think of RoboCop. Always. Oh makes yeah. Me think of Carol Cole were launched in 1976 by wig maker Andrew Vanya. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> First big hit, John. We've talked about it on this podcast, 1982's Robocop. First Blood. We've oh. never covered Robocop on this. That was on SP Film Viewers. You do this all the time. <laughs> more than anything else, they were a finance house, by the way. Uh, they helped get Basic Instinct, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Chaplin and Stargate made. Oh, well done. Mm. Their final film was Cutthroat Island in 1995. Oh, that'll kill it. Yeah, cut their throats. Uh, $147 million. Wow. That lost them. Yeah, Martin Modine never recovered for that, I don't think. No, 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 absolutely not. Shame for him. I know. Anyway, let's start. Credits roll over this helicopter making its way up the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music sounded a little bit like Lonesome Dove or, or Little House on the Prairie. It did, uh, didn't it? <laughs> it it did. did. It's a bit of a reference to the kids, but it'll come back, I'm sure. I know. Uh, this character, Jessie's flying the helicopter. She spots this kind of flare going off on the top yeah. of this huge outcrop of yeah, yeah. rock. Um, just below them, hanging off this overhang, is Gabe. Right? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, right? Uh, I'm just hanging out, he says. I know. That's I mean, so cheesy. He's definitely no Tom Cruise in so Mission cheesy. Impossible, is he? So cheesy. Apparently, he picked this role to get over his fear of heights. Did you know that? No. What? You know, yep, to get over his fear of heights, he, he chose this role. I flew to Australia to get over my fear of flying, so I kind of understand that. Um, now, here's a question for you, John. Tom Cruise or Sly, which is the biggest star of all time, do you think? And and for your money, which do you think is the, the biggest of these stars? So, as in, in stature or in... Oh, no, I don't mean like literally in size. <laughs> um, for me, I know it's going to sound a bit weird, but it's Stallone for me because as much as as much as much Tom Cruise has done a lot of really good films, Stallone's always been there. Like, yeah. oh, everything, he's always yeah. he's always been on the action movies. Like, yeah. Whereas 
Aye, uh, Tom Cruise has been a very select few, so... Every day of the week. Cruise never won an Oscar. Sly has. Sly's been nominated so many times as well. You know, he's such a, such a talent, and studios keep taking chances on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would be surprised if Tom Cruise was still doing Stallone-type stuff at Stallone's age. Oh no, no, definitely. Yeah. I know. I know. Obviously, he's known for his own stunt stuff like that. But that's like he just kept going. Even yeah. in these Balboa movies, you could tell he's doing a lot of training and stuff like that. So yeah. he's still, he's still going it. Those, uh, those Creed films are good, eh? Mm-hmm. Those well, Creed films. I can't wait to see what the next one's like. Um, My- Michael J. White? B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Michael J. Yeah. White. That's something. <laughs> uh, yeah, Michael B. Jordan. He's great. He's great fun. I yeah, really yeah. liked him in Chronicle as well. You see that? Yeah, the yeah. Good that, film. that takes you back, didn't it? Yeah, I went to the cinema ago, to see that with Ian. Yeah, wow, that was, just, that, was, that, that was at the blue. That was literally at the blue. It still looks good as well because yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. fucking so... Like, even the effects still look pretty good. Yeah, nice one. Uh, good story. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Chronicle. Um, Gabe meets these two characters. One was Michael Rooker, or Hal, yeah. right, with hair. Oh, Michael yeah. Rooker's yeah. hair. Wow. He doesn't have his uh, ro- robot mohawk <laughs> now, does he? He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he absolutely doesn't. And he looks really young. He looks really tiny here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, he looks super small. Um, but he's he's a good guy, except at one point where I was kind of like, oh, now he's going to be a bad guy because I'd forgotten exactly the plot of the film. I know. Like, I, I knew know, the basics, but I was like, oh, he becomes a bad guy. It's, it's, weird, it's weird seeing him in this, considering the last time I saw them both was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy too. Oh, of course they are. Yeah. 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 So... I, I want that. I want that um, extra Ravager film where they go with Stallone and his crew. Yeah, I, I want that film. Thing. Is well, it going to happen? I think, I think oh, if, 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 if it doesn't, then it's got to miss an opportunity. Because um, I would we love fucking to riot. See yeah, yeah, we riot if we don't get that. Because that was such an interesting <laughs> group of characters. And yeah, Stallone. There's a reason we gave him a month. There's we're, we're, until we get to Arnie August, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Juliet Lewis, Juliet Lewis, July. <laughs> <laughs> July, July, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that one. Uh, right, this helicopter lowers this cable, all right, mm-hmm. which Gabe attaches to this rock, um, and then the helicopter goes across to the other side for him to climb across. Michael Rooker attaches himself to the cable and pulls himself across the other side. Yeah. Uh, Hal's girlfriend is called Sarah. She's not in it, right? She's not. She was briefly in it. Um, she is very nervous. She makes it halfway across before the buckle on her strap starts to give away. Uh, Gabe races across to save it. It snaps, but he grabs her hand, and as she's holding on to her, her glove starts to go, and she starts to fall, and she falls into this fantastic-looking matte painting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't hit the painting, girl! Don't hit the painting. I, yeah. I don't know the name of the 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 thing, the, the bit of equipment, but they had to actually put up a statement to say it was modified to break because it was they didn't want any it's bad. It's an actual thing. It's a black diamond, mm-hmm. is what it was called. 
Black Diamond. Yeah. Uh, Black Diamond is uh, Black Diamond. Black Diamond. Uh, Black Jesus is uh, Black Diamond is also a, um, a a type of ski slopes. One of the, the hardest ski slopes. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Not to be confused with what's upsetting all the white people on the internet at the minute. That's Black Ariel. <laughs> I mean, I... what is wrong with you? It's just a fucking mermaid. How many oh. mermaids have you seen? <laughs> oh, I've got another fact, by the way, that okay. will tie into this, because at, you see him obviously lashing up and he's putting carabiners on, right? Yeah. But did you know the first modern carabiner was invented by a German called Otto Rambo Herzog? In, in 1911. In 1911. Look up, big man! <laughs> Otto Rambo Herzog. It all comes together. It yeah, all comes yeah, together. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, and I thought it was Billy Ocean. Oh no, that's Carabina Queen. Oh. Now we live in the same dream. How long did we think you get that I joke? None. It's literally <laughs> just come to me. Uh, Billy Ocean, by the way, get a chance to go see Billy Ocean, mate. He's a fucking great night out. Oh man. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> Mike, we we kind of fade to black on Michael Rooker's angry face, and this is where I was like, super villain, super villain, super villain. Uh, he's <laughs> got. Uh, and my head, and my head, I had as he was the the head of the people looking for the money for some reason. Oh, did you? Yeah, Aye, probably, was, probably better, better than terrible accent John Lithgow later on. Oh God, uh, it could be worse. I'm John Lithgow. It worse. It could have been uh, Christopher Walken. It could have been Christopher Walken. Yeah. <laughs> hello, hello, Gabe. I'm looking <laughs> for the boxes, the cases. I can't do it. I've never done to do Christopher Walken. Needs 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 more thousand dollar bills. Uh, it sounds that sound like uh, the boy in the wheelchair. Hello, my name is Christopher Walken. Bobby 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 Bobby. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, if you want to be a pilot, John, a uh, yes. helicopter pilot in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, you need at least one hundred and thirty five hours of flying training including all progress tests, of which five hours could be instrument ground time. Oh, so sitting there holding on to your instruments. Where nothing could possibly go wrong. (laughs) Exactly right. Uh, A helicopter can cover a distance of between 250 to 400 miles. All right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I could could be at yours too sweet, couldn't I? Too sweet, neighbour. Neighbour. It's eight months later, and we're at the Federal Reserve in Denver, Colorado. The Denver Mint. Um, there's these huge swathes of money machines accounting big, huge amounts of money here. Yeah. Uh, they lock them in these three card-protected cases, right? Now, the cases lock, and then they slide the card through. Now, pay very close attention to how heavy... And how secure these cases are, because it will come back later in the oh, film. Yes. How heavy and secure they really are. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm. <laughs> um, this this character Travers is in charge of this. He's being sent with a couple of agents, uh, and they're basically sending the money uh, of thousand dollar bills. Now, these thousand dollar bills can only be used for international trade, so you nowhere accepts them. They're not legal tender as such. Uh, they send this other agent, Matthews, who's basically hitching a ride because he's getting a transfer somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, US Treasury, John, operates out of 1500 Pennsylvania Avenue, which is obviously next to where Dracula lives. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since it's a Pennsylvania joke. No? <laughs> it really is. No? Um, has an annual budget of $200 million. Now, you would expect they'd probably just print a bit more money if they needed it. 
Exactly. Just, just print a few other kind of Grover Clevelands. Exactly. It gives them the perfect term of print your own money, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all coins are minted in either Washington, D.C. or Fort Worth, Texas. We've talked about Fort Worth somewhere, and I could not for the life of me find out what film we've done Fort Worth in. I, 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 I Googled for a good 20 minutes, couldn't find it. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, on the $1,000 bill is Grover Cleveland. And it was first produced in 1918 and was actually discontinued, John, in 1969. What a year. Nice. Uh, Cleveland was the 22nd and the 24th president of the United States. Oh, did he go and come back in again? Yeah, it did. Absolutely. (laughs) Get ready for Trump on the $100 million bill when I finally get my second term. I'm going to give my second term, and it's going to be on the $100 million bill. It's going to be orange. It's going to be fair face on it. <laughs> I will be orange. Again, we're just throwing out all the old impressions yeah. and references yeah, here. Bring it all back. Bring it all back. Okay, bring it all back to you. Okay. <clears throat> back in the mountains, Gabe's driving this truck past. Well, I've just called these guys the extreme snow bros, right? Yeah. Yeah, they want a bit sort of... <laughs> Not characters in this film at no. all. Um, they made me think of those, of human personification of those two rats out of the Ice Age films. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. the things I mean? Yeah. yeah they... uh, one of them's Seth Green and the other one's somebody I'm sure, else. I'm sure it's Sam um, Steffler. All right, okay. Oh, well, good shout if it is. Um, they explain to Gabe that they're going to base jump and Gabe says he's been away working in Denver. He arrives at Jesse's. Now, Jesse's ranch looked like a home for broken horses, didn't it? Yeah, because but the, the, it was on a cliff, like a cliff edge as well. So if you look forward, I'm like, what if one of the horses decides to jump? One of those is going to just jump into a, <laughs> jump into a ravine. Nobody <laughs> safe. Uh, the only thing missing for me was Sarah Jessica Parker from this Home for Broken Horses. I really am rolling out the hits here, aren't yeah, I? Yeah. It's like a fucking greatest hits episode. Let's keep on coming. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> but these horses look so bad. Like it's yeah. kind of like what? What do you do if you need horses? Ah, uh, we just tape a few cats together. Yeah. Um, he explains he left after Sarah fell because he blamed himself. Mm-hmm. Jesse explains he needs to get back on the horse. Oh. Probably wouldn't get on any of those horses, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Jesse tells him he should come back to stay, but he wants her to leave with him. She explains she can't and heads off to work. He came back and for her. He did, yeah. And, it, and she just leaves him with the horses and this dog. This dog that comes out of nowhere, which we never see again. We never see it. It's disappeared, nah. doesn't it? <laughs> uh, on the plane, the cases are locked in these cages. There's three agents, Travers and Matthews, uh, Matthews looks out the window and spots this plane tracking them. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, good, it's, good I thought it was like the beginning of uh, the Dark Knight Rises. <gasps> oh, you <laughs> 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 At some point, Stallone gets his back broken <laughs> by Travers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Rambo. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, um, back at the mountain rescue office, there's Frank, this old pilot. Did you know this bloke out of anything, John? Yeah, it's uh, Paul Walton. It was Paul Walton. Oh, Paul. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Love yeah. that old bugger. Uh, at no point did Paul Walton ever draw abstract on glass, though. 
No, I, I might miss that episode. <laughs> the fuck was going off here? I'd run a bit later on with a flick knife. I'm like, oh, Paul Walton's getting badass. <laughs> Good night, John Boy, indeed. Uh, <laughs> um, he's, he's like, can't you see what it is? It's a monkey holding a banana. Oh, I thought it was a banana holding a monkey. Uh, you, yeah. It looked like shit. Right. <laughs> like absolute garbage. Um, Michael Rooker's basically mocking him, and rightly so. Aye, that's shit. Rightly so. But he's the only one that can fly this helicopter, so, you know, probably it's probably be nice to him. He might swing, come, he, he might come in use. I thought Jesse flew a plane. I, 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 I don't know. I had it in my head that he was in the open scene. He was sitting in the back, and she was flying the helicopter. Oh, maybe she was. Yeah, she had the old. Uh, she had the old yeah, cans the on, old, didn't she? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which she was at uh, Northern Exposure. I'm trying to think her name. Janine Turner. That's what. It was. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I you know, don't really watch. I no, it was, really it, was it was totally forgettable. Basically, about a doctor that went to Alaska or something like, that, and then poof, yeah. that was it. Hilarity ensues. It was like the Doc Martin. Of uh, Alaska. Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Goodbye, foreign listeners. (laughs) Fucking Martin Clunes. Very good. You love it. Uh, Back on the plane. You should really, really come on everything we learned from The Simpsons because that's all it is. That is all it is. Uh, Back on the plane, Matheson pulls this gun on Travers when he refuses to take action against the plane tracking him. But the other agents pull the guns on Matheson, only for Travis Travis just to blow them away uh, yeah. and then shoots Matheson. Uh, the pilot shoots the co-pilot with this completely unnecessarily necessarily silenced gun. Yep. Um, I was going to say in a, in a pressurised cockpit, but then realised they were going down, so I don't think it would have been pressurised. Ah, right, okay. Because yeah, I was good, like, why would, they, why would they shoot somebody in a cockpit, but then realise they were going down? Yeah, you're going down, you schlag. Um, Travers makes radio contact with the flight tracking them before unlocking the cases from the cages, and then he's got this, this, this fucking hatch that he just presses that removes the back of the plane. So I looked this up. Apparently it's not a thing. I think there's a couple of planes that, that, that drops down to let cargo in and people out. But yeah. I don't think um, the, was it the tail the, cone? The tail cone, yeah. The tail cone is removable. Is that not what you put on, is the tail cone not what you put on a dog once it's had its balls cut off so it can't make its own tail cone? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Travis sets this bomb for five minutes and explains to the pilot, stick to the plan and you'll be very rich. Uh, he then rides the cable from one plane to the other plane. So that's just, that's a stunt. You're that's a stunt. St- what? That's a stunt. That, co- that stunt cost a million dollars. And the All reason right. a million dollars is because don't think the insurance company would insure them. I think Stolen mm-hmm. took a drop in money yep. to do it. And basically, it went over there without any security, any safety. Okay. So all right. That, okay. That harness was all I had. Yeah, would have cost would have cost a million uh, to uh, to do, and the insurance company wouldn't cover it. Yeah, uh, also, yeah. had to be filmed in America because fuck workers' rights. <laughs> no. Basically, against the what EU rights. rights. Basically, against the EU rights, which uh, which I kind of liked. Yeah. Which I kind of liked. Um, yeah. Anyway. 
there's two minutes to go, and the co-pilot's about to send these cases across, and Matheson comes back from the dead. After he stood on his hand. I mean, the guy's been shot, but he's like, oh, you stood my hand. <laughs> oh, you prick. Oh, that's smart, so I'll get up. Uh, it blows away the pilot, um, and then the cases basically make their way kind of halfway across. Yeah. He also peppers this little plane uh, with bullets, which includes piercing the hydraulic tank yep. uh, before the blo- bomb blows him up on the plane and the cases are perilously hanging from the cable. They're trying to get them up and the cable snaps, falls into the mountains below. Done. Uh, and sure the, done. Yeah. The plane goes down on the mountain, right? And this is some fucking brilliant model work, by the way. It's yeah, only a model. Yeah, I loved this. This toy coming to stop on the cliff's edge. Right. Brilliant. <laughs> only for in the next scene it to be in the middle of the woods. It's not even on the cliff edge. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't work on any level. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I hope somebody it's, was like, fired like, for that. Oh, what would be dra- dramatic at this point over yeah. the over the ledge? Yeah. Oh, what would be practical at this point? Everybody <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> yes, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the extreme bros are just jumping off of a mountain. Oh, sounds like thunder. Okay, very good. Mm. Um, right, now, I, 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 I'm going to have to get into this because there's so many fucking bad guys in this film. Yes. There is an unnecessarily large fucking gang of people. <laughs> True that. Right? It, it, there's so many of them. Right, so there's, there's Travers we've already talked about. He's the treasury agent, yeah. and he's working for the main guy... Quaylen, who for some reason, because Microsoft Word doesn't know how I talk, uh, it's put Quaaludes a lot of the time, <laughs> which is very different. Um, now, John Lithgow's Eric Quaylen. Was he meant yeah. to be British? I think he was because the majority, because they had a couple of characters there that were that were English. They, they did, yeah. So we had Chris, Crystal or Christelle. <laughs> Crystal. Yeah, Caroline Goodall uh, person. Uh, Leon, <laughs> Leon, just Leon, like fucking Cher or <laughs> Pele or something. Leon, as he was, I have no idea what that guy was called until I'm looking at it now. He was called Kinet or Kinet. Yes, K-Y, Kinet. Yeah, Hi. which I, I didn't have. By the way, John, this is going to fucking blow you away with this guy's in. Um, so this guy's one of, this guy's Derek in Cool Runnings. <gasps> what? Yeah. yeah. And this fucking blew me away. He's Black Jesus in that Madonna video for Like a Prayer. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's yeah. Do you remember everybody kicked off because Black I Jesus in the yeah. 80s? Because the so fucking idiots. Yeah. Back in the day. <sighs> Leon. Oh. There you go. Uh, and and just, again, without meaning to labour the point about the Black Mermaid, Jesus was black, ladies and gentlemen. He has to have been M- moving, moving on. Sorry, sorry if I've upset. I mean, I've done a Trump impression, and now I'm telling people Jesus is black. It's not the thing, um, right? Oh, uh, who else said one more? Didn't it? Is it Domari's name was? No, I'd written Dagmar, but that's the <laughs> that's the bar. That's the bar out of uh, EastEnders, wasn't it? Uh. <laughs> Wilmot Brown used to have. Yeah, Delmar is called. Uh, who was this? So that was Craig Fairbrass, who was 
and EastEnders. Right? <laughs> EastEnders. And all those Rise of the Foot Soldier films. But he was also the voice of Ghost in Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty. He's oh, done, really? He's done a few voices oh, for a few right. of the, the games, but he was uh, definitely Ghost in that one. <laughs> Ghost. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Now, <laughs> there's two more, right? And I... Like I could, I could, I could tell you there was one other guy. There's the guy who's got loads of blood on his face. Yep. Who is either Ryan or Heldon, but I don't know which. Right. <laughs> and and then there's the other one who I could not pick out. I, I have Ryan no or idea. Yeah. There's fucking tons of these guys. Uh, I mean, I know it's a lot of well. money. It's, it's it's not like it's not like Die Hard where you know everybody. You know everybody, right? Because they're all special. Yeah. Which ties into this, because it was the director that I had to that made this, wasn't it? Oh, yes. It um, was the same motherfucker. Rennie Harland. Was he, though? Because he'd done um, Deep Blue Sea uh-huh. and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, Dream Master. One of my yeah. favourites. Uh, right, okay. No, I'm probably more... No, um, I'm more a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 myself. Dream right. Warriors. Right. No, no, yeah, I like Dream Warriors. Um, he also directed Cutthroat Island. Oh God! Right, okay. Yeah. And forty-five episodes of Finland's Gladiators. No way! Not forty-five episodes. Gladiators, <laughs> oh, really? I, 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 sorry, Finnish listeners. <laughs> That's bad. The podcast um, is finished. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Uh, is it a long kiss, good night, with Gina Davis? Uh, he did, mate. Yeah, he did. Uh, he now only seems to make Asian cinema financed with Chinese money. Yikes! Right. Ooh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> You, tell you what he did turn down speed man maybe speed too I'd get, I'd get good dodge but speed yeah, yeah he turned down speed Yeah, de Bont wasn't it speed brilliant Aye. fantastic we will be doing that later in the year oh, it's good I love it when everything kind of comes, comes together. together everything comes together it's good right let's get back to these fucking nutcases <laughs> John Lithgow's character, Quaylen, threatens to kill Travers, only for him to explain that he's the only one that can read this fucking ancient tracking device. Oh, God, I. The pilot's called Crystal, as we've said, and she radios for help at the office. She's like, we were hiking and there's five of us. We, we... And Johnny needs insulin or whatever. Oh, God, <laughs> Lisa needs braces. <laughs> okay, right, great. Fantastic. Um, Jesse finds Gabe and asks him to help. He's explained he hasn't climbed in months. She says he's lost his nerve. Uh, and he takes offence. He does, yeah. She's like, don't you feel anything anymore? Yeah, I feel for you. Um, she explains if he doesn't do it now, he's always going to be stuck on that ledge. Oh, good, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fucking writing, and that's sure. <laughs> Back at the Mint, the feds know that the plane's gone down. These two more feds show up and explain that Matheson wasn't just there for the ride, that they were tracking a bent agent. Yeah. Uh, Quaylen's former military intelligence, who's been hijacking diamonds and bearer bonds. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, that's of an age. <laughs> if anyone can find a buyer for these, it's him. Back on the mountain, Michael Rooker's Hal makes his way up the face, only to see Gabe's already up there because he's some sort of fucking miracle uh, man, isn't he? He's yeah. the, the great kazoo. <laughs> he's like, hey, Dum Dum, I'm already up here. Where were you, man? <laughs> Hal still hasn't forgiven him, and they have this mini fight. Uh, Hal holds him over the cliff edge, thinks better of it, uh, and lets him kind of go. 
At the crash plane, two of the gunmen present Gabe and Hal to Quaylen, who explains he's missing three bags. When Gabe asks what's in them, he's like, oh, you know, socks, pants, uh, $100 million, the usual things. (laughs) (laughs) He shows them the location of the tracker uh, and asks them if they know the location. He's like, let me put it this way. Uh, You're no longer useful uh, if you don't. And you know what happens to unuseful things. They get thrown away. (laughs) It's quite bad, though, isn't it? It's terrible. It's brutal. Um, (laughs) They do, and they head out. Um, Out of interest, John, what's your your favourite Lithgow role? Oh, uh, it's got to be... uh, Is it Harry and the Hendersons? All right, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll kind of go with that. Um, I was thinking, for me, it's probably either the the bad guy that runs the town in Footloose, who says you're not allowed to dance. (laughs) I've always quite liked that. Um, Or have him up against... A completely different character uh, in the shape of the character he plays in Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> oh, Dick. I love Dick. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just got that recently. Tom, Dick and Harry. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I'd ever know, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a cast that is, by the way. I know. I know. It's something else. Aye. Jesus. Because last time I seen it, it had William Shatner in it. Oh, later on. Was he not like the, the, the head coach? Like, aye, ah, he was the yeah, top man. Yeah, yeah. Top <laughs> man. Top man. In this scene, they're walking across some narrow cliff edge and they send Gabe up the mountain to collect the first case. Right, but not before taking his coat off of him. Coat off, yeah. And tying a rope to his ankle. His ankle, yeah, like, right. Jesus Christ. Okay, it's like a fucking dog. He goes up doing this free solo climb thing by the way, mm. um, and he makes it up to the top where conveniently the case is literally just there. Yeah. Um, right. he, get, he gets the snow off of it and I, smashes uh, it open with his bare hands. I, I don't know if you noticed this. See the thing that he used to track it? So yeah. he would, they would look at the thing and they would say, oh, where is it? But it would literally show you a wee red dot and a green dot and it's like a blister an arrow pointing up to where it is. Like, how can you know, know where that is? It's right there. Like, how does it track altitude and distance? <laughs> but yeah, he smashes it. He literally just smashes it open, doesn't he? Yeah, like, oh, it just, just so clubs it open with yeah. his own fist and you're like, okay, mate, very good. They tug on the rope to pull him back down. Now, he's got this bit of metal thing that's quite blatantly got a massive jagged edge on it. Right? There's a jaggy cramp, edge on this crampons, thing. Crampons, it? <laughs> yeah, Crampons, absolutely. I said crampons. I'm really glad that Nicola Sturgeon's made crampons free in, uh, <laughs> in Scotland now. It's just it's, in case anybody ties right, it into your ankle, you've got something... <laughs> just in case anybody needs to climb a mountain at any point. Want <laughs> yeah. to do some Munro's. <laughs> All joking aside, I'm fucking delighted that period poverty is going to be a, a thing of the past in Scotland. Yeah. Um, he smashes this rope, like he smashes this yeah, rope with this crampon. Yeah. Instead of cutting it, instead of sawing it, he yeah, just keeps it, 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 had hitting a, it. See, yeah, you could see it had yeah. a, a wee bit underneath. Though. Yeah, yeah, it was he annoying. has never heard of cutting something, only hitting something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless uh, across his chest. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When the bad guys realise he smashed this rope apart, they start shooting up at him and caught us an avalanche. Right oh. again, more brilliant model work. And this one character that dies here decides to shoot at the avalanche to stop it. To stop it, yeah. The first thing you're taught in bad guy school is to fire a gun at weather. It seems. <laughs> I mean, whatever comes at you, shoot it. <laughs> 
Um, with this. With the snow goes the first case, scattering notes everywhere. Your friend just had the most expensive funeral in history. Yeah, he's starting to sound a little bit like Skeletor, isn't he? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man, get out of that mountain now. Um, Jesse contacts Hal on the radio, and under instructions, he explains there's no climbers there. It was a false alarm. Um, but because of the weather, he's going to hold out. Jesse, being a smartass, however, decides that they can fly up there and get him. Uh, Frank agrees to fly her up there when she basically says he's pretty. <laughs> I know. Okay. His big old blue eyes. Or... He is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, proper, like, old school actor. Like, old school oh, movie yeah. star, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, back on the look. mountain, Hal points them to the top of, of the peak to the second case. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Gabe's free solo in this fucking plastic wall on a back lot somewhere. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> this is the first instance of it looking like a shit back lot. <laughs> <laughs> on the subject of free soloing, uh, it's st- stated in the credits that this is based on a premise by John Long, famous pirate. Uh, yep. John wow. is uh, John is a climber and made free soloing popular in the zeitgeist. Basically, free solo and he's climbing without ropes. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're, what I've we're seen seeing. That, I've seen that film. It was mm. scary. Oh, free solo is dis- disgusting. It made me feel sick. Uh, me and, too. And the guy has no concept of love for his family. Yeah. Does he, all partner. he wants to do is climb this thing. And his partner's like, yeah, he's, yeah, it's just how he is. It's just how his mind works. And you're like... It's broken. Yeah, yeah he... Fuck it, no, listeners! If you kidding. if you're not scared of heights, oh, and watch the documentary Free Solo. Fucking sick! I'll blow your mind. We'll yeah. Watch your mind. Fucking hell! Uh, yeah, oh, I kind of I hadn't forgotten about it. I knew about it, but I'm not going to talk about it because it makes me feel a little bit sick in my stomach. And now you've mentioned it, I'm like, fuck, John. It's just those padding drone shots. You go, oh, no, yeah, it's he's up, up El Capitan, isn't he? In uh, uh, Yosemite Park. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, anybody that can do that kind of thing is, is just just has no concept of their own mortality. I don't that's, think, especially. I, I thought these were short there, but it looks uh, from what I'm looking at, it says um, the film was made be set in Colorado Rocky Mountains in mm-hmm. the United States, uh, but the majority of the movie was shot in the Dolomite Mountains in Italy. Yeah, right. mm, that's right. Frank drops Jesse in a completely different season from a completely different film here, by the way. Yeah, he really does. Has he dropped her in the Sunny River Basin from that Meryl Streep film, A River Wild? I was going to say A River Runs Through It. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Light minds, though. But it's gorgeous fucking weather. There's not a spot of snow. Fantastic. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, In the next scene, Gabe climbs up over this ridge and into some old cabin where inexplicably Jesse's waiting for him. Yeah. She's managed to make her up in the world's worst mountaineering storm. And she's just like, oh, Gabe, are you okay? You've only got a t-shirt on. He's like, I'm freezing. I'm freezing. (laughs) Feels different back in the movie. (laughs) She puts this fucking all the... Basically, was, was this... So this thing's got like a glass case in it. Were yep. you supposed to climb all the way up this mountain to have a look at what mountaineering was like in the past? So I thought it was a souvenir shop. 
Like, why would you go all the way up there with only half a pack full of stuff? Just looking at this mothball ridden bloody thing, she just smashes it and takes it and gives it to him. Like that, wash it first. It's <laughs> really weird. She gives him all this old mountaineering gear and explains the situation. She says, we can't use the radio because it's been killed by the coal. Now, using a, a radio on a mountain that doesn't react well to the cold seems like a massive fucking know, design fault to that, me. That, like. that, just, that just sounds like lazy writing to me because <laughs> later, on, later on you find a fucking radio that works. <laughs> uh, back on the mountain, Gabe and Jesse get to the second case. First, which is astonishing when you consider that this first lot, I've got a tracker, loads of guns, and there's yep. tons of them, and these two are just guessing. Aye. Well, I think I think uh, Rooker's maybe taking them a while good chase, uh, good chase, isn't he? Oh, right, he's okay. Because at one point, it's, 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 he says it's going to take us a day, and then he says, oh, he's, they'll be taking him up the old path, so he's obviously getting the runner. Yes, and, and you, you, your man says, oh, it looks like it it, it curves around. Aye, and and like, he says, oh, no, the quickest way is to go up this way. That's a very good point. Okay, fair enough. Either way, this film has been fucking butchered, hasn't it? There's, the, there's, well, I think there's probably yeah, there's another hour. There's yeah. another hour in this film somewhere. Thank fuck there isn't another hour in this it film. It could be another Rambo thing where he didn't want to see his acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Quell uh, and the gang arrive at the tracker only to find the case empty, but for one single note and a message written on it, do you want to trade? And they've, built, they've had time to build a snowman. Yep, yep. A wee like, nice face and a wee mouth. Fucking frozen here, like. I know. <laughs> He's not best pleased, of course, so he sends a bloke with night vision goggles to kill Gabe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, night vision goggles, John. We've already done a bit about night vision goggles, but I thought we would do a bit of an update on price. Uh, yep, okay. If you want to buy uh, 1080p night vision binoculars with a head mount, rechargeable hands-free night vision, uh, 850nm infrared, four times magnification, £331 on a website named after the rainforest that it's also trying to destroy. Ah, right, so okay. please, listeners, if you must buy one, buy them anywhere else. Anywhere else at all. Yeah, yeah, because, um, yeah, they're horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe blinds him with this flare. <laughs> Did he set some flare off? Yeah. Blinds the guy. And then rides him down the mountain like Homer on that corpse in that episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, giving him snowburn, wasn't he? Like, yeah, his on face his face. The... Whoa. Whoa. And then I... at the edge of the cliff, the guy goes, whoa, flying off. And Gabe uses this fucking crampon to save him from the fall. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I, don't a... know if, I don't know if snowburn's a thing, though. I would assume it was against the gravel. It must have been under nice. the thing, yeah, because uh, they hit a lot of um, they they hit a lot of snow banks, don't they? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, what yeah. <laughs> uh, and his gang are now fighting amongst themselves. He reminds them that Gabe is the person they should be fighting. Meanwhile, the snow bros are in this tent chatting shit. We'll come yeah, back to very shortly. With, with our Coleman camping equipment, you seen that? I didn't know. Yeah, so uh, Coleman, we, we use a lot of their stuff like the gas stuff like that, but uh, Coleman was founded in 1900 in Oklahoma, United States. But yeah, I noticed it straight away as soon as it came up because as soon as it goes it goes in, it shows you the wee stove and it says Coleman ah, it pans out. Good spot. Gabe and Jesse set up a fire with the contents of the case and head off to sleep. Next morning, Frank's trying to get hold of Hal and Jesse on the radio. 
and we see Quaylen's gang with Hal spot the snow bros. Hal's like, run, run, get away as quick as you can. One of them gets shot in the back, which looks really good on the blood. On, it does on, look on good snow. under the snow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Disappointingly, the only time we see that. I know. Uh, the other one jumps off the cliff and parachutes into a tree. Yeah. Uh, which I, th- I, th- I thought it was a, I thought it was a Union Jack on the parachute, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was lang a lang a lang a lang a lang a lang. Getting chased by some uh, some bad bastards in uh, with uh, lemon piping on the jumps. Yeah. Um, base jumping John Fausto Varenzio is widely believed to have been the first person to build and test a parachute by jumping from St Mark's Campanile in Venice in 1671 at the age of 65 years old. What? You didn't learn that in Hudson Hawk, did you? No, you did not, man. You did not. Skydivers jump with both a main and a reserve parachute, whilst base jumpers carry only one parachute. And a base jumping parachute is larger than a skydiving parachute. There you go. Needs to catch the the air early. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. A couple of facts on base jumping. The biggest... Uh, base jump was Guinness World Records first listed a base jumping record with Carl Bowenish's 1984 leap from Trollvegen or the Troll Wall in Norway. Mm-hmm. It was described as the highest base jump. The jump was made two days before Bowenish's death at the same site. That'll fucking learn him. <laughs> and the lowest one, Felix Baumgartner. You know him. He's the spacey jump jump man. Yeah. Uh, Baumgartner. Yeah. He jumped from Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro and claimed the world record for the lowest base jump ever, jumping from 29 metres. Wow. Mm. Well done. Well, well done indeed. And survived that one to be able to do spacey jump man. <laughs> uh, I was looking at climbers as well. Remember, you were saying about the body count, so I was mm. looking for for more bodies in this, which is a it's a shame that they. So I was looking at whether you get compensation if if you were going to, if you if you died on a mountain. Yeah. Apparently, you don't. So and it makes it oh. even worse because it, it took me down a rabbit hole, down a rabbit hole, and it took me straight to Everest. Yeah. Um, and it just says that if you die in a mountain, you're just left. Yeah. Um. Basically, it's a standard protocol. It'll leave you there where you died. The cops will remain there for eternity and it will serve as a warning to climbers um, for gruesome milestones. So, obviously, the higher you go, the more bodies you see or the more horrible locations, but they need to leave them there. All right. Okay. Ah. Um, I think uh, think they cleaned it out once. Apparently, they cleaned it out once because there was that many of them, but there's some of the ones higher up they've they've left. It's funny you should mention that because on... Now, if you're thinking of climbing Everest, fuck off, right? First of yeah. all, smart asses. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Um, but famously, there's a uh, there's an unidentified body on Everest, um, which is a landmark which everybody sees called Green Boots, mm-hmm. and it's basically just a body of a climber up there uh, who they think is uh, a guy called Sewang Palio, an Indian climber who died there in '96. Um, right. Uh, he was wearing green Koflak mountaineering boots on his feet. Uh, well, they can't bring him back down because he's uh, too far up there. It's not safe to bring him yeah, back yeah. down. But yeah, they call him call him green boots. green boots. And it's terribly sad. And all you have to do is look at a fucking picture on, on the internet and it's just yeah, just yeah. sad. Yeah. It's, fucking it's, stop it's... stop climbing. Fuck stop doing <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Stop unprepared. It. Unprepared. Yeah. Well, even if you're prepared, stop 
fucking paying so much money and then only paying Sherpas fucking pennies to risk yeah. their lives. Just That's don't true. give them a Very fucking true. fortune. Anyway, enough plenty. Chill out. Uh, Gabe and Jesse are hot on the heels of the gang. Uh, they climb up through this cave, right? Which looks a little bit like that first Blood Descent cave to me. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it looked like, didn't it? I uh, thought the set. Except instead of rats, John, it's full of... Bats. It's full of bats. <laughs> bat! Vampire bat! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you want to hear some? Uh, do you want to hear some bat facts, John? Bat facts. Go for it. Bat facts. Uh, there are over fourteen hundred species of bats on the planet. Right. Uh, a bat's right. only natural predators are owls, snakes, and hawks. Uh, there are over three hundred species of fruit that depend on bats for pollination, such as bananas, avocados, and mangoes. Mm-hmm. Baby bats are called pups, which is cute. And finally, they are the only mammal that flies because flying squirrels glide. Ooh, Why must nature lie to us, John? Why? It's just called a glider. I'd exactly. have been happy with that. Gliding squirrel. Gliding exactly squirrel. right. Yeah. They disturb these bats. And Jessie gets absolutely fucking cujo, dear. There's oh, no yeah. doubt about it. She's she's going to end up with the fucking with, mad, with the, mad with death the, here. With the throff. <laughs> <laughs> she is like... She is, yeah. <laughs> we now join Frank in the chopper. He's in contact with the main rescue centre somewhere in the state. Um, yep. He spotted a heat signature and he's setting down to investigate. Yep. Uh, back with the one remaining snow bro in the film. It's gone all the grey. This oh, is really being dead. attacked by wolves. Uh, I was expecting to see half a body here. Yeah, but they're just snapping at his feet because apparently wolves can't jump. Uh, Frank comes along with his trusty six shooter, doesn't he? He's shooting in the air. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously got that from the grain store in town. I <laughs> or got it for that old bloody uh, that shack that they got the jumper at her. <laughs> He scares off the wolves and he cuts the snow bro down. The bad guys are now crossing this rope bridge from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. (laughs) (laughs) Need to find out if it's a a, a laden European swallow. Uh, I was going Uh, for Temple of Doom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it does go a little bit Temple of Doom at the end, doesn't it? It (laughs) We're just missing some uh, stock footage of some alligators at the Uh, bottom. (laughs) The sun's just saying, Dalima. <laughs> Do you know what? It's a vastly underrated film. That what? I think people don't like Temple of Doom because it's the least. It, it it's the least good of the three films oh, that they really? made. I, still rate it. I, still I love it. Yeah, I love yeah, it. It's the one that I saw the most as a kid because I taped it off the telly. Oh, right, it's okay. so much fun, and it's you know it's got screaming woman in it. It's got uh, the it's kid out of the goonies in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's great fun. It's got, a lot. it's got a fucking cart ride. It had yeah. a really good arcade game. Yeah, snakes, a lot. Oh, it had to be snakes. Had to be snakes. Uh, chilled monkey brains. It's got that as well. It's got monkey brains. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, a delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> As Gabe's breaking through the top of this cave, uh, Leon is waiting for him. Not not oh, the professional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The previous episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gabe kind of jumps out and tries to get him. He says, look, I just want the money. Um, and he, I, I, 
he's the he's the nastiest bastard in this, isn't he? Easily oh, yeah, yeah. by a mile, Leon. Right. Easily, he, yeah, yeah. yeah easily. He's, the, he's the MVP of fucking bad bastards. I think <laughs> he slices his leg, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, with with this crampon type thing, with this this fucking this jaggy thing, um, and then falls to the bottom of the cave. If only he hadn't used that climbing hook. As a weapon, and instead he used it to, to break it. his fall. Yeah, yeah He falls fucking miles, by the way, and just gets back up. Well, it was amazing. Oh, my, my yeah, yeah. My oh, my fucking shin bone that's up <laughs> through my teeth. Yeah. Um, in the cave, Jesse and Gabe are outnumbering him, but, right, all of a sudden he's got kung fu skills of Wesley Snipes in Demolition oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, really? he works at the moves, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Again, previous episode. Um, just as he's about to uh, stomp on Gabe, Gabe gorilla presses him up into these fucking stalactites. Is it stalactites or stalactmates? I've written or stalactites. You've got to have a system. Uh, <laughs> great minds, mate. Great minds. Fucking hell. A Harry Hill reference from 20 years ago. Uh, stalactites. He, he still uses that joke, yeah. you know. Oh, does he? Yeah, all right. Okay. And the, the, big, the big collars. The collars, yep. Still there. Uh, Stalagmites go up from the ground, John. Stalactites go down a ways from the right. roof of the cave. Yeah. All right, okay. That's that's the system. You've got to have a system. You've got to have a system. Yeah, you yeah. have, mate. Yeah. It's it's a quite a good death. This the way that oh, he yeah. pushes him up through the thing. I mean, you'd have to be super strong. I'd have thought to be able to do that. But uh, did you notice his knife? He had knuckle dusters on a knife. Oh, I didn't spot that. No, well spotted. I never had one of those. Uh, so I was looking. <laughs> I was looking. Those knives aren't. I don't think they're legit. I think. They're, they're made by illegal purposes. I don't think they're a thing that you can you can buy or you shouldn't buy because knuckle dusters are illegal anyway. But uh, I was looking up knuckle dusters. So cast iron, brass, and lead and wood knuckle knuckers, dusters were made in the United States during the American Civil War in 1861 to 1865. Wow. But yeah, I've tried to look up those knives. So if you type in knuckle duster with knife, it's it's not good. You shouldn't be buying that sort of thing anyway. I assume it's illegal. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Like Rambo knives. Oh, memory. oh Rambo knives. <laughs> not Rambo knives, indeed, mate. Yeah. Okay. John Lithgow. I keep wanting to go to John Linlithgow, by the way. <laughs> Just it's a nice place. Absolutely desperate to go to John Linlithgow. The Lin- Linlithgow Mile, by the way, is a great uh, is is a great sesh uh, to do. Um, uh, it sets this bomb, right, which causes a cave-in. Yep. And Hal grabs the radio to alert Gabe, who escapes back through the bottom of the cave, right? Yep. As he yep. and Jesse attach this old rope that they've got and do this wall run <laughs> type thing. Yeah. Um, and they're about to kind of get to this other ledge, but the rope snaps, and he basically has to save Jesse like he did Sarah at the start of the film by grabbing her glove. Kind of um, does it with ease, though, doesn't he? Oh, he like, does, yeah. yeah. Um, and he grabs her and basically throws, throws her up. kind of into this little kind of cave bit uh, as the explosion showers them with rocks. Yeah. Nice. Frank's at what looks like an unconscious crystal. Uh, she rolls over, takes his gun from him. Um, and then Kate, Craig Furbrass, who hasn't been in the film until now, he's had like one yeah. line until now, blows him away. Uh, he dies in Hal's arms, and Hal pockets his little stabby knife. Yeah, yeah. Game Jesse now on the Monty Python rope bridge. 
Uh, they spot there's a charge on there, only just saving the skin as it goes off, but traps them on the wrong side. Quaylan's had enough. Um, he's let Travis hold the tracker and he demands it off of him. Uh, Travis pulls a gun. Um, Quaylan grabs Crystal and explains without a pilot, they're trapped. He's basically kind of holding a hostage, isn't he? Uh, and then he just puts a couple of bullets in her. Now I'm the only person that can fly us out of here. It was quite bad, wasn't it? It was like, man, this is like... Yeah. Mm. I mean, surely Travers knows he can fly. Aye. So surely I'm, that's come up. Uh, yeah. uh, he tells Travers to radio once he's found the case. And Travers pisses off kind of on his own to get the case, doesn't he? Aye, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's what I don't get. John Lithgow says, I'll sit here and wait for you to bring it back. Now, he's going to sit in a helicopter that's up there in the freezing cold, but he proceeds to take his scarf off. <laughs> I'm going to sit here yeah. in this really warm location. Like, yeah. no. In this, in this open... <laughs> yeah, in this open camp. helicopter. Yeah, yeah. it's high as <laughs> uh, Gabe sends uh, Jesse to the station. Uh, his intention is to go and get the case first. We see the feds closing in. Again, the, the feds are in this are in this film, but aren't in this film. I know. Like, they're there for like one line at the very, very end. I, I, much, I, I thought considering they got the main court for Terminator in there, they would have had more than one line. Paul Winfield? Yeah. yeah absolutely. They, at no point, though, did they put an earwig in his ear. Which is a fucking shame. Oh, God. <laughs> God. I still hate, I still hate seeing that. So he, uh, oh, does that does that is, is that like he, your free solo? Is uh, it? Yeah, it gives me that. Okay. It gives me that. <laughs> uh, Gabe gets the case and rips it open with that gargantuan strength that we've seen, yep. <laughs> seen already, and starts stuffing the money into this bag, and then spots this hole in the uh, in, in in the things, and he's like, "Oh, what's he doing with the hole?" Yep. Uh, back with the bad guys, Fairbrass's character. Danar or Dagmar or whatever we're calling him. Um, Delmar. Delmar, there you go. Uh, he goes on about this, oh, I was a great striker at school. Oh, yeah. because um, They would call it soccer. They, look, they locate the last bag, don't they? go, right, we've, we don't really need this guy. Do it yeah. quietly. Well, it yeah. <laughs> and he, and he, start, he goes through this whole pantomime of penalty kicks. And he comes up for the penalty kick and uh, whoa, kick him in the fucking teeth. It's really, it's really bad, isn't it? It's cringe. <laughs> yeah. It's actually cringe. Yeah, it is really fucking bad. He kicks him to the edge of the uh, cliff. Um, yeah. And Hal basically stabs him in the foot. Gets his gun and blasts him away, doesn't he? Blamo, yeah. <laughs> a proper blamo. No, uh, no more fucking Dagmar in this film. Nope. No. Uh, just as we're getting to the end of the film, John, I thought I'd surprise you. I've got a year quiz. I did oh, a quiz. Fudge, right? <laughs> Do your worst. I, I was inspired. Actually, I've probably spent longer on this quiz than I have on anything else uh, at the podcast. I was inspired by Joe being polite about last week's quiz, being very nice about how much work I'd put into it. So All right, okay. I'm going to name you, John. I'm going to name you a robbery, right? I'm going to Ooh. tell you a robbery. And you have to tell me the name of the film made about that robbery. Now, right. a couple okay. of these have two potential titles. Mm-hmm. You don't okay. need to give me one. If you give me both, I'll give you two points. But as a bonus point, if you can tell me within, I don't know, let's say five mil, 
of how much money was taken in that robbery. Right, okay. Then I'll let you have it, okay? Right, Another point. So potentially for some of these, there's three. So number okay. one, John, the robbery was easy. The Great Train Robbery, right? So the Great Train yeah. Robbery, of course, you know all about. Yep. Uh, what's the film called about the Great Train Robbery? You've got two choices. So, Buster. Correct. Do you know the other one? The Great Train Robbery? Oh, uh, no. Just called Robbery, John. Oh, Robbery. Right, um, okay. Do you know how much they took? Bear in mind, it was the 70s. They took 70s. a fuck ton. Well, the 60s, wasn't it? The 60s. Was it the millions? Give me that. Was it the millions? Was it 13.7 million? Oh, it wasn't, John. You, don't, you only get one point. There's 2.6 million. Oh, fuck. Okay. Right, okay. Number two, staying close to home. The Hatton Garden robbery. You remember this, the Hatton Garden robbery. There's two films made about this. Do you know either title? You remember the Hatton Garden robbery? It was the jewels yeah. on Good Friday, on Easter, oh, Easter Sunday. Did one have Pierce Brosnan in it? No. Fuck. Go on, I'll give you a hint. You've either got a Michael Caine film, Michael Caine, or a Larry Lamb film. Said nobody ever. <laughs> Michael Caine. Um, no robbery one in Roman's Italian job. <laughs> no. Do, nah. do you know what? You're closer with that title than you think. The Hatton Garden job. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. The other one you could have had was King of Thieves. Right. Right. Okay. The next one was the 1972 Chase Manhattan Bank robbery. So the 1972 Chase Bank in Manhattan Mm -hmm. was robbed. So the film came out not a million miles after this. Very, very famous film. Which kind of launched the career of one of the biggest actors in history. Clark Gable? (laughs) Do you know who it is, John? Do you know who it is that was in the film about the 1972 Chase Manhattan Bank robbery? I don't know who that is, but it's certainly not Al Pacino. Uh, Was it Al Pacino? It was, John, but what's the film? Uh, Scarface? No, Dog Day Afternoon. How Dog much Day did afternoon. he try and steal? Uh, well, how much a... did he get? How much did he get? Was it for an operation? It was, yeah, for his um, partner's uh, trans. I'd say a million. Nothing. He got away with nothing. Oh, the Hatton Garden robbery, by the way, John. Do you want to guess how many millions that was? Oh, uh, three. Oh, it was 14. Right, two more. Uh, the Baker Street robbery in 1971. You, I would be surprised if you haven't seen this film. British film. The Baker Street robbery in 1971. Semi-recent film is the only tip I'll give you. The Elite? No. The Bank Job, starring the Jason Statham. Good film. He, he was in fucking The Elite as well, bastard. He is in The Elite, yeah. I'm getting uh, my how, phone. How much did they nick in 1971? And I'm talking 10 million. Between 1.25 and 3 mil. Nothing on that one. And finally, this one's a tough one. The 1953 St. Louis bank robbery. Now, my tip for you is, say what I've just said, but put a couple of extra words in. Uh, Swordfish. Uh, (laughs) The Manhattan robbery. 
the great St. Louis bank robbery. Steve McQueen film. Um, So 1953, how much do you think they stole? 1953? Yeah. 500,000. Oh, 140,000. Oh, fuck. John, congratulations, though. You got three. So that's good. I put a lot of effort into that. God, I wish we'd have a guest on to actually... uh, I know. Back me up. a fucking go at that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck me, indeed. I'm not a crime. I don't know about these robberies. (laughs) It wasn't me. (laughs) <laughs> unless the robin sweeties from the shop oh yeah travers is struggling to locate this tracker because it turns out it's been attached to a bunny rabbit yes and in spite of having a high-powered automatic sniper rifle he is unable to hit said bunny rabbit ah but do you know the story behind it go on so apparently there, there was a scene where they shot the rabbit but the uh, the sort of focused audience uh, didn't like it at all, so Sylvester right. Stallone had to pay, I think it was 100000 to get it reshot. Right, wow. Yeah. Fucking hell. Just because of a dead the, rabbit. The bunny escaped, yeah, apparently they didn't so, like it. So they've made somebody that went to Quantico and probably practised firearms for years mm-hmm. not be able just... to hit a fucking rabbit. Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, I ain't buying it. It's just <laughs> I as ain't well. buying it. I it ain't, ain't buying it. I can only assume there's there's a, there's another section here where a scene was cut because the next shot is Travers chasing and shooting at Gabe. Mm-hmm. He hits him, but he manages to jump off this rocky outcrop landing below, right? Yep. And Travers follows this pool of blood into what is the worst looking set. indoor fucking set we have seen in any film this month. It looked like something uh, underworld. It felt it, like... Uh, it like it a, looks like, like shit, it's bad. doesn't it? It's, yeah. It's really bad. Um, he walks across this rickety bridge over a frozen pool uh, and Sly jumps out of the water through the ice to grab at him before plummeting back in. Mm-hmm. Travis is about to take aim at him and he shoots up through the ice, blowing him away, causing him to fall through the ice into his death. At that very moment, Hal appears, pulls him out of the icy water, and there's this very brief shot of Travers's corpse floating under the ice. More <laughs> precisely, it looks like he's being pulled by Echo the fucking dolphin, the speed yeah, he yeah. goes at. Like, and it's so clear as well. It's, it's <laughs> lovely and clear. It's like lovely uh, ripple glass. Like they've sped up. <laughs> <laughs> Echo the dolphin. That's a, that's a game that I never bothered. No finishing. shit. That's why. Um, uh, Quentin's still trying to contact Travers. Hal has his radio. Gelt- Gabe tells him it's all over. The money's gone. Quentin explains he's got Jesse uh, and it's a swap for the money. Gabe agrees to meet him at the highest point on the mountain. Yep. Uh, Gabe's waiting for him at the top of the mountain with the bag. Um, Quentin lets Jesse go kind of to the to the ground on this on this, Win- like, winch. this this winch, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um and he's basically going, throw throw me the bag, throw me the bag. Uh, and he throws it up into the rotors. Uh, like closer, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and as that that stress is kind of all happening, he grabs the winch hook and atta- attaches it to this fucking metal bridge. Right. This metal ladder, ladder thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which he jumps on straight after. I'm like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't at all. Quayle rips the bridge off and kind of Gabe's hanging on it, floating around. 
Hal shoots into the helicopter with a shotgun, causing Quayle to clash the helicopter, and basically he's hanging only from this bit of ladder, which it doesn't look like it would keep a helicopter would, going. Yeah. Is it made with just carabiners, hanging on with carabiners? Yeah, yeah. and you're like, whatever. They, they fight on the upside-down belly of this helicopter above another matte painting. And Gabe's line is, keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times before punching him inside the helicopter, jumping onto the cliff edge as the helicopter plummets and explodes, killing Lithgow. Yeah, but Lithgow looks at it. Is it going down? You're like, no. Yeah, don't yeah it wouldn't. That That's wouldn't happen. Bad. Yeah. Uh, Jesse and Hal pull Gabe up off the cliff and the feds arrive. Oh, we're going to organise a collection of them. And that's the only reason they're there. Uh, Now, Hal says, if you're looking for Quaylen, then look 4,000 miles south of here. But that's not, they're they're not now north and that's not the south. That's not how north and south works, Hal. Yeah. Or, or, Or is he getting at the fact he's in hell? Is that, I, is I'm that hoping thing? so. I think so because 400,000 is a long, yeah, a long way I mean, down. Why must films be so fucking stupid, John? Nah, why? it's quite vague. I think uh, it probably did mean hell. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, John, that's the end of the film. Is it the end of your facts, though? Uh, nope. So I've got a couple more. So I've got you. Uh, plastic Resorsive or RDX was first prepared in 19, sorry, 1899, but its explosive properties weren't discovered until 1920. There's something vaguely familiar about that fact. We'll take it anyway. Uh, I was looking at the procedure for pilots if there's going to be a crash. So the most important thing that a pilot can do is basically just keep his nerve, keep calm, and keep their wits about them and do everything in their power to save everyone on the plane. Pilots are required to follow standard uh, operating procedures at all times, even if the plane is going to crash. So basically just keep trying to fly the fucking plane. <laughs> uh, right, so the handguns, right? So this, yep. this, this, you'll like this one. So first off, there's the Beretta 92FS, which is basically the gun from Dread. Un- all right. Unmolded, yeah. Excellent. Like that. Desert Eagle, which is John Lithgow's one. Notice that straight away. Desert Eagle 2.0. <laughs> now, there's a Taurus T, a PT-99. So this is new to us, because I've never yeah. heard of this. Smith & Wesson Model 19, which we've seen before. Um, and an unknown pistol. So I don't know. It, it could possibly be the one that... the Like the revolver. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you don't actually see it. Okay. Uh, so some, uh, some machine guns. Uh, good old-fashioned Heckler & Kosh HK-94. Mac-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mini Uzi. Fan favourite. Yeah. Uh, shotguns, Smith & Wesson 3000, and other is a DevTech 37mm launcher with Underslug Mac 10. So I don't even know what that Ooh. is. Okay. Don't even know what that is. It didn't even tell you what the uh, thing was. He was shooting rivets, didn't we? Remember he was shooting rivets? Oh, things? yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Could have, could have been that. Yeah. No, possibly. Uh, and that's me. Cool. Uh, $70 million budget made $255 million worldwide. Right? But my question for you is, John, could you imagine going to see this at the cinema, potentially after you've seen Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, or maybe The Fugitive? You'd be fucking sick, wouldn't you? You'd no. think, cinemas come on, no end, and then you go and see this. And you're like, no, <laughs> possibly no. not. Uh, nominated for Best Sound, Best Sound Effects Editing, and Best Visual Effects at the oh. Oscars. It lost all three of them to Jurassic Park. 
Oh, well, there you go. And rightly so. Uh, I really did. Absolutely. Okay, that looks like, John, that is me. Uh, while I'm doing a counting up, do you want to figure out how many we might have? 78. <laughs> I like to do it quickly while anyway, you're talking up. <laughs> I can't believe this. John, 78. <laughs> you're joking me? Oh, you yeah. ESPN, You've been making man. a little fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> you can read your mind. Brilliant. Oh, okay. A little bit better than I thought we would. Anyway, we've kept you cliffhanging on for the patrons. Oh. Shout outs. Uh, if you want to be on this list of patrons that are being shouted out, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash 100 things and give us a quid a month uh, $1.50 or um, one, uh, two, two euro I think uh, two, yeah two dollars or uh, 1.50 euro um, and we will, uh, we will we will shout you out now first of all I, I was planning an apology here actually because Mono and Cara from Mono Rants the boys and Mono Rants at the movies I didn't mention them last week I missed them last week and the big man has kicked off to fuck at me, by the way. Wow. Like the abuse I have got off this guy, right? I did so you just, just give him a refund. <laughs> I'm like, so, well, no, because that's how it fucking works, right? So just for Mono, right? Fuck you, Mono. You fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Don't you dare tell me what to fucking do and say just because you're giving me 45 fucking cents a week. You think you're fucking better than me, do you? You fucking smarmy, smart ass university degree cunt. Do you? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Kira, thanks for the money, yeah. Uh, thanks for giving us the money. Um, 45 cents? 45 fucking cents, and he's telling me what to fucking say. Prick. Andy. SP Film viewers, of course. Uh, we know Paul and Sophie. They were on for Jurassic Park. John, your face, actually. You look... I mean, I'm just fucking saying what I feel. It's my podcast. I can do what I fucking want. Um, they're covering Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, Non-podcasters, Gav McGill, Ian McConish, Saz, Phil and Rachel, thank you so much for your support. Uh, Nigel Davis owns the Wonder Emporium, accessories for tabletops and mini games. Uh, get them on Facebook, searching Wonder Emporium, as well as Etsy. Um, great deals. Mention the podcast and he'll give you some bonus bits. Uh, right, I've been horrible to our fucking listeners and patrons, so you should be nice. Say something nice about uh, Dan and Gavin. Dan and Gavin are two of the best guys I've ever seen in virtual reality in my <laughs> life. And they're really funny. <laughs> they are. They have the Be There with Belson podcast. Pair of brothers who just argue all the time. Uh, Aaron from Z1 Podcast, audio drama about zombies and surviving marriage. Joe was really lovely about yeah. uh, Aaron's podcast um, last week, and rightly so. Uh, on the subject to Joe, of course, Hallmark of Greatness podcast. Uh, you'll get me on Hallmark of Greatness every fortnight for The Last Orders. We're doing some utterly nutty film, by the way, this week about murdering band. Um, bad does not come close to it. It's on YouTube. Of course, of course it's uh, better still listen to the A-Team on alternate weeks. Uh, much better than me and James. Uh, Punk from What the Fuck Do You Want? You know him. If you're not a patron... Uh, get on the patrons' episodes of Captain Planet that we did, saving uh, <laughs> Belfast. Um, it is worth the quid alone. It's it really is. Alone. Uh, Josh Wilson, he's coming on shortly to talk the big Lebowski. Uh, helped us with a podcast quandary earlier this week, so really uh, thankful. Namaste, Josh. Um, get Amanda to come on and talk 90s white women murder films, though, please. <laughs> we really want to do those. Um, 
Gadget and Stig from Modern Escapism. I pay them for their Patreon because they are amazing. Biggie, also from Modern Escapism, told me how much he enjoyed First Blood last week, uh, which nearly made me cry because it's a beautiful language, French. Uh, Now, Ian and Maria from the Court Connections podcast are both um, uh, patrons and and both friends. Uh, They're about to start talking about Andor uh, this coming month. Uh, I'm really excited to hear about that because they're brilliant and it gives me a night off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and uh, that's it. Unless I've missed somebody to fucking fall out with me next week. Um, I've got a feeling we're going to drop down to 19 patrons again uh, after that. You know, whatever, whatever. Right. Um, oh, John, uh, we got the results in, didn't we? What we t- what we talking? What have the patrons voted for? The fucking pricks, <sighs> a lot of you, by the way. Uh, we are we're looking at Bugs Life uh, or AKA Ants. <laughs> <laughs> I never look. I'm going to say it now ahead of next week's episode. I think this is better than fucking Bugs Life. Yeah, uh, just a, a, a smidgen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A smidgen. I think this. I think this is better. Um, I think it's a bit more adult, shall we say? I, I just, I just love Miles as a stick insect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I get that. And the big, big fat German caterpillar. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. Okay. The voice actor passed away. Oh, did he? All right, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we're going to be talking ants next week because. Fucking hell, why did I do this? <laughs> the public has spoken, big man. The public yeah. has spoken. They have spoken, and we are so grateful for your money and your, even your 45 cents, Mono. Uh, yeah, okay. So thank you so much. Please do uh, do throw us a few... Uh, do, do, do throw us a few... Uh, a few shekels. shekels. That would hey, be nice. <laughs> Take those shekels off my feet so I can dance. I just want to Patreon. Anyway, uh, that's it. That's the podcast. We're going. We'll be back next week uh, with fucking the end of September. Cannot come soon enough. <laughs> uh, John, last famous last words. I'm not killing you, but okay. Really enjoyed last week on Trent. Um, but yeah, this was a bit harder. So thank you so much for listening appreciate it and uh, yeah so until then he's been john i've been plenty and we've been 78 things you guessing bastard that we learned <laughs> from cliffhanger see ya see you guys <laughs>